Hello, hello. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode 63 of the T2's podcast. Yep. I'm Anna. And I am Rose. And together we are T2's. <laughs> <laughs> we got a special guest today with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Well, hey, my name is Kenny from Jones. I am a writer, advocate and consultant. And we're going to get down to it. loving it yes i love that i love that i'm excited that you're on this podcast actually yeah Yeah, same like when we first started we just we knew you were somebody we wanted to have a podcast so we're happy you're here today yay (laughs) thank you we're gonna play a little game our our icebreaker which is this and that this or that so we basically just pick two things and then you choose what you prefer sure all right so Mm -hmm. I'll go first. Um, let's see. Phone calls or texting? Texting, 100%. Mm, same. Texting. I, do you know yeah. what? I just feel like texting, you have more control of your day. Like, phone calls get long and, like, yes. you know what I mean? Next thing you know, like, the day's <laughs> fun. So, texting, yeah, just easier to, like, yeah, keep an eye on things. Yes, oh, true. I agree. Like, sometimes my phone is ringing and I'm just, oh, just looking at it, just lay rings. I can't, I can't do this right now. <laughs> I hope my sister's not listening to this, but I screen her calls sometimes. <laughs> she can talk for hours, talk for England. That's the screen her calls, boy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, go, Rosie. Okay, so um, silk sheets or normal cotton sheets? <laughs> um, as an adult, cotton. As a teenager, silk. Mmm, okay. Yeah. Do you I know what, yeah? Silk sheets. Like, that was my finesse. I was like, yeah. this, I mean, this is the bedroom. I don't know why. I was like a teenager girl of mine. And then after I realized like silk sheets don't hold up as well after time, I was like, I'm not doing this. And uh, they are the most uncomfortable things. Yeah. They are so uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 I, I, slides, sweaty. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for it. I don't like <laughs> comfort and like ease. <laughs> mm, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think when we were younger, we definitely thought it was like sexy and yeah. it's just not comfortable, man. It's not yeah. comfortable at all. No, it's, it's not for me. I go with the old, good old cotton then. Do you know what? Having said that, though, I do use silk pillows. Yeah. <laughs> That's just okay. your hair. Yeah. It's only a small part of the bedding. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can kind of like mm. put it to the side when you don't want it, whereas if the whole bed is silk, it's a whole different situation. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't think, do you know, I don't think I've actually laid in a bed with silk sheets before. I don't think so. It's fun at first, but <laughs> after a while, a couple of sweaty nights, like, it's not fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Another one, Nana? Um, I'm always it's always a food one salad or veg. Oh, are they not the same? No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> comparison to like broccoli, right? Yeah, like broccoli, right? Okay, flour, uh, okay, you know, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with veg. I like absolutely love cabbage as a child. Like, if you ask me, did I want mm. cabbage or cabbage? I would say cabbage, hands up. <laughs> wow. I was so obsessed with it. Like, there was this creamy cabbage from uh, Marks and Spencer's, and like, till this day it's still my choice over like sweets and like crisp and oh wow different you are different different. i agree i I, like as a as a child everyone would be like kenny what the fuck like yeah are you so obsessed i don't know it's just like my body just really liked it Mm. i wish i made all decisions now my body is suffering i wish (laughs) i wish There's still time. There's still time. Let's try. Let's try. How about you, Nana? Gosh, well, you know, I'm not as good as Kenny. You know, I'm not. I'm not that good. 
But mm. if I had to choose, I would go with a salad. I think a salad's easier for me to eat. Like, I don't like Brussels sprouts. I don't like peas. Ugh. I don't like those things. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's not a bit of me. It's not a bit of me. Yeah. I'm going to go for salad just because I can do dressing. Mm, which defeats the purpose but hey yeah <laughs> yeah I, I have been having a lot of veg lately more than salads mm. so hmm, i don't know but i'm gonna say salad just because of the dressings give me a season treat season salad oh cha. <laughs> <laughs> okay another one, another one uh, okay so i'm going to go with apartments or hotels Oh, this is so tricky. Oh, yeah, that is that is a tricky one. Um, <sighs> just for different reasons, I, I, like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with hotel. Why? Because apartment indicates that I'm gonna have to cook, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm, going, if I'm going away somewhere, I don't want to have to really do that. Like the whole point is that it's pleasure. Yeah, um, and I don't necessarily classify cooking as pleasure. Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, yeah, no hotel. I'm like they just tend to be more luxurious. Um, I kind of like the experience of like seeing strangers and just like getting a different environment, which you don't get if you go to apartments really, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they're either like local residents or, you know what I mean? It's just a different true. vibe. Mm-hmm. True, different true, vibe. true. I'm, I'm agreeing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone comes and cleans your room. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. It's yes. True. It is true. It's, uh, do you know what? For different reasons, isn't it? But I guess I'm going to have to go with because ho- with hotels, with apartments, it's kind of like you're on your own. It's like a home away from home. So mm. it's like, you know, there's no one there. There's no staff around. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. because sometimes when you're in the hotel and you're not ready for them to come and clean, like they're coming to clean your room. Nah, that's an inconvenience for me. So yeah. I'm still going to go with a hot- hotel because of the cooking part. Just because yeah. of that part. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going for a hotel. Yeah. One thing about me is I'm going to go to a hotel. Like, I feel like I've been suffering in this period because I haven't been able to go to a hotel. <laughs> yeah, you just like want to go out. You're just like just going to go to the bougiest, fanciest hotel. Just to, like, yeah, like I love is, it. That is a bit of Rosie. That I is, live I for think. a hotel. Mm. Like if you know me, I live for a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's nice just being somewhere different. It's nice mm. to go to different places and just, yeah, like, not having to tidy up, honestly, it's like I'm here for that. The tidying up is the best part. Yeah, it's the best part because if you see my room right now, you see why I like hotels. Boy, <laughs> boy, I'm not even gonna speak. I'm not even gonna speak. <laughs> okay. All right, one more from Nano. One more. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Oh, oh. Okay. I feel like they're both. Uh, a bit crap sometimes just for different reasons as well i'm I'm gonna say netflix on the basis that amazon have a bad history of ethics oh Mm. no well listen do your research are the most ethical company um just think about Mm -hmm. like they have you know they're they're more of a monopoly um in terms of like how it started oh oh, yes yes why did I, I separate it? Why did I separate it from exactly. the entire <laughs> thing? It. But if you have to see it as its whole and its yeah. entirety, so on that basis, I would I prefer Netflix, and I think and Netflix like invest a lot more into creating content um, and something that really aligns. Like I think as well, given like everything that's happened this year or last year, mm. you know, you just seen a lot more cultural cultural um, movies and series on there. I don't know if it's mm. Amazon, but I just find them a lot more easier on Netflix. Um, maybe that's just the way that it comes up on my user. But yeah, so I'm going to go with Netflix. 
Mm. I agree. I agree because with Netflix, they do make shows as well. Amazon makes shows as well too. But with I feel like with Netflix, they make more shows and there's a lot of representation and mm. stuff like that. So I definitely agree, Netflix. And yeah, I, I just I just prefer the website better. <laughs> I just I prefer the website better. Me. Yeah. What about you? Well, I've never been on Amazon Prime before, so I'm gonna go. Well, Netflix. look at you. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold up. Amazon what? Prime. You don't have Amazon Prime. Wow. No, I've never had Amazon Prime. I mean, like, don't you even have it to, like, get your get your shit, like, a day later? No. No, <laughs> you've never ordered anything on Amazon. I, I do order from Amazon, but I don't have the next day situation. Oh, you, don't the, you don't have Prime, okay. Yeah, I don't have Prime. Oh, wow. You're probably like, I don't know, but you're one in a dozen. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I just how isn't it like doesn't it cost something? I don't want to. I don't want to pay. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it's like it's less. I think it's like something like seven pound a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like I pay for Netflix anyway. So I don't know why I'm saying that because I pay for Netflix. <laughs> I mean, listen. If you if Netflix is your thing, Netflix is your thing. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go with the ethical reasons too. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> that's why. That's why I haven't got it. <laughs> You're such a joker. But yeah. but yeah. Okay, let's get into it. So, Kenny, tell us about some of your activism activism work you've been doing and just your journey like so far from like when you first decided to be, I don't know if you actually ever decided to be like a figure or is it something that came to you naturally? Like how did all of that come about? Yeah. So um it, it wasn't something I chose to be. Like I didn't wake mm. up one day and was like, yeah, I want to be an activist. I don't think activism is luxury. It's more of a necessity. It comes from a place of like, you wanting better for your community. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like, kind of like my teen years, early 20s, I was like into sales um, and I traded stocks and currencies and things of that form. So completely different to where I am today, although I still do that on the side. Um, but basically my advocacy started with, in March, 2018. I fronted a period campaign. I made history of that campaign. And that kind of just started my journey on becoming an advocate basically. And so after that, my career just kind of evolved into what it is today. Um, But when I started off, I was doing a lot more modeling, um, whereas now it's more about informing the public um, and kind of like teaching people through language, um, how to use gender inclusive language. Um, And I also consult companies on how to do the same and make their environments trans inclusive um, and do community outreach if needed. I can't believe like you just said that it's been from 2018. It feels like so much longer than that. Yeah. Like when I it feels like when I first came across it, I I couldn't put a year on it, but it doesn't feel like it was 2018. And like even for me, even as someone that's part of the community, like when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is actually something to be aware of. It just didn't cross my mind before Mm -hmm. as something to be aware of. Like Mm -hmm. trans men also kind of have a period as well. It just Mm -hmm. it just went over my head all the all the way. And for me, I learned a lot through that campaign. So big ups to you for doing that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times when we do this work, people feel like it's only people outside the community that are learning. But in our within our community too, like even though we've all been clumped into the LGBT community, like we're so different. Like every yeah. single letter is different from the other. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's it, isn't it? It's like that's the thing. It's just something that people have never thought about. Mm. Or that people are against it or anything. It's just, it's never like, it's not your experience. So you wouldn't necessarily think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and periods were very much like traumatic for me growing up. It was the one thing that undoubtedly made me feel uncomfortable in my body. Um, just because of the framework in which society sees periods. It's like only cisgendered women have periods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was, yeah, a lot of the reasons to why I actually decided to take part in that campaign because 
I, I had a hard decision to make because I knew actually that I would get a lot of backlash on the fact that, you know, because of the way that society seen period, being in part of, a part of that campaign, kind of aligning us with cisgendered women. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know if I wanted to do that because I was just scared of the reaction. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that I did because obviously like you've learned, so many other people have learned and it's just that awareness of going, oh wow, I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like starting that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was um what was some of the backlash like for you? It was it was just weird. So like imagine I'd never like at this point like well I probably had like five thousand followers on Instagram. Like I was just yeah. doing all shit. Like I wasn't an <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like I wasn't prepared for like media exposure at scale. Like it had like I think it was over two hundred pieces of press, um, national wow. stories, shortlisted for two PR awards, and so yeah, it was just a lot for a single person that isn't used to media attention. Mm. Um, and so when the backlash started to come, I just like, I didn't really know what to do. I like, nobody kind of prepped me yeah. for facing, uh, you know, backlash at that scale. Yeah. There was yeah. lots of messages from people going, oh, you're disgusting. Like, you you know, you, you shouldn't exist kind of thing that, you know, I won't get into yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this really weird part that I just I didn't know what to do but there was a few trans men that actually didn't like the fact that I did the campaign again because I've you know publicly aligned our bodies more with cisgendered women um and so it's more of an internalized transphobia to why they you know they want that to happen but you know I stuck with my guns of, of saying that's you know I wanted to do it because I wanted an awareness and I wanted to move past like having to hide the fact that we have a period like it, it's it's a fact like we have periods and that's okay and that's what yeah. needed to happen and that's kind of I mean since 2018 like gender inclusive language is so much more common yeah uh, and the awareness around trans men intersex people non-binary people having periods is such more common knowledge now in comparison to what you're talking two three two nearly three years ago now mm-hmm so well done to you, so well done to you. But like yeah. it's, just, it's just sick. Like even like the reason why I asked about um about some of the backlash you've gotten because I remember like I don't remember how long ago this was. That somebody, some troll was in your DM or whatever, and then you just messaged in the back of love. And then oh like, yeah, and then they, they replied back and was like, Do you know what? Yeah, I'm not okay. Like I am going through stuff kind of thing. And to me, I was like, it's so easy to see these things and like just if I'm blind back to them. Well, you actually replied back with love, and it was like you know what? Wow, I like that. I like that. I need you to bring some of that energy <laughs> to me, Kenny, because I don't, boy, I, boy, I, I do not know how, how you did all of that because, as you said, like no one prepped you for that. You weren't, you know, you weren't prepped to handle that, and the way that you did handle it is so like it's, it's amazing. Because if it was me now, I don't know <laughs> people in the comments that I've been, oh, known, Nana, to I've been known to go back and forth. I've yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. At least I don't know to go back and forth. Um, but how long did it take you to make that decision to do it? Because I've, you said it was a hard decision to make. Like, uh, how long did it take you to make it? What in terms of actually actually doing it? it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, campaigns always have tight turnarounds. Mm. Um, so that's just fact in the industry. Um, <laughs> I think I think it was around five days from when I originally received the first email um, through my agent. And it was a lot of conversations because obviously when I first got the email, I was like, they've sent this to the wrong person. Like, what yeah. <laughs> like that was my ultimate reaction, my first reaction. And then um, my agent was like, no, it's for you. And so I reread the email 
Um, and I was like, okay, like I get it, but I don't get it. Um, I need to talk to them. Like I need yeah. to understand where they're at. I need to have a conversation. Like I just, I just need more comfort to be in this. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it took about five days to kind of confirm anything. And then I think it was within the next week or so I was in the studio um, and then the campaign came out, but I didn't know what date it was going to come out. So imagine uh, I didn't even know wow. the day that it came out. I, so my phone's just popping. Like, this is how bad it got, right? Mm-hmm. My phone was vibrating to the point where it just vibrated and then turned off. Wow. Because of the notification. Active, that yeah. mm-hmm. My phone just like... That's mad. Well. So that's kind of a take on what had happened in terms of like my social platforms. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just went from being everyday Kenny to... Kenny the period boy with wow. <laughs> you know space of a few hours but um no it's an incredible campaign to be a part of I'm so glad that I made that decision because you know I I just I feel like it's the right thing to do and like there's many people that have tried um non-binary people especially that have tried to do the same thing and you know kind of like starting smaller campaigns but um I think I was just the right person at the right time like the company had mm. enough budget to actually put some good marketing pounds behind it yeah. um I'm very like cis, you know, cisgender looking, so cis passing. So mm-hmm. I'm more likely to be perceived better by the public. And so I was just right person, right time, and a bit of luck really um, mm-hmm. for what side of my career and why that campaign I think did so well. Yeah. There was another one. I think you did another one. Um, give me some stalker boy. But I didn't <laughs> <know that. laughs> No, it's good. I'm glad that you're so like. In I'm into. Right. I'm into it. Like I'm like when it comes to um, the journeys of like trans men, I've just been so interested because when I was younger as well, I obviously I also battled with my gender and like how I identified and stuff like that. And I did. I did tell my mom that I think I'm trans before, and but it was it was just a journey for me that I had to go through. Do you know what I mean? To be able to identify how I do today, and so like. Over the years, I've just been intrigued to see everyone's journeys and how they got there so I could learn as well. And I kind of identify feelings that I felt too. So, so yeah, I've been stalking. And um, <laughs> and I think there was one, I'm not, it was a shaving company that he did. There was a shaving one. You were on the adverts. Harry's. Yes, Harry's. That's the word. That's what they're called. That yeah. one, that's another time. That's the first time I saw a trans man in any sort of advert like that. Was it, were you the first one? Um, I don't know if I was the first trans guy, mm-hmm. um, but yeah like that harry's campaign was really good um it looked great yeah thank you yeah <laughs> um, yeah it was really cool so they were just like you know they're, they're a shaving company uh, based out in the u.s they're kind of like the gillette equal yeah um and they were just like yeah like um we want you to be a part of this but like we don't basically in in short words they didn't want to like tokenize me so they weren't like we want to talk about your journey but we just want to naturally include you mm. um with that is why i liked him yeah, mm-hmm. it was so mm-hmm. stuff like the only giveaway that I was trans was the fact that I have my chest scarring. Otherwise, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have had a clue. And that was what they were trying to do. And the kind of, um, so there was a, a kind of speech over the videos of like different men saying different things. And my part was shaved to feel like you. Mm. Uh, and so that was kind of aligned with, you know, how I felt like if you want to shave, you can or you don't. And it was just a lovely campaign and it got such good press because, yeah, it was just like, natural inclusion of a trans man without trying to make it about me being trans it was just like I happen to be trans I happen Mm -hmm. to be with these other men and this Mm -hmm. is shaving you know campaign and that's it I like that I like that the focal point wasn't um that you're trans man because I think I feel like a lot of them is always trying to be inclusive you know just have that token just make sure that they've crossed the t's and dotted the i's and I have heard you say that you just like you just you're obviously a model 
um, and you just want to model like it, you don't want to have to be that token and you don't it doesn't have to be uh, that prefix of trans it's just model it's just Kenny the model like mm-hmm. so how has that been for you do you think that when you'll get into a place where it is just Kenny the model or do you still think that we're still in that space of yeah trying to put that prefix there I think that I've gone so far in my career that that prefix is always going to be there mm. it's always going to be kind of like my career started on the basis of something that happened because I'm trans. Yeah. Um, all of my work in terms of like gender inclusive language is because I'm trans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something that I've kind of like accepted. There was a part in my career that I felt really uncomfortable with it. Cause I was like, I remember going on one of my friends um, kind of like podcasts and just venting about the fact like, you know, not everyday trans, like. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean, obviously that's my reality, but mm-hmm. I don't want to have to talk about it every day. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it came from the fact as well, like, you know, I'm still working through things yes. um, within myself and within my journey and my, you know, my gender expression, where I sit within femininity and masculinity and how much surgery I may want and all of those things. So when I'm consistently and, and my kind of advocacy comes from a place of me talking about my personal experience in hopes of others understanding. So when you're doing that, you, you know, you're, you're consistently like working through things and then explaining it to the public and then kind of like taking it back and thinking how you feel and so that can come become very exhausting and take a toll on your mental health so I think it's more of that to reason to why I was becoming frustrated with consistently calling like being trans and also often more times than not my blackness is ignored because of my trans like I can't I have not done many campaigns about being black in comparison to the amount that I've done for being trans and both equal parts of me so mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's very interesting so to speak mm-hmm. how do you feel about like black LGBT representation at the moment in like just campaigns just in the media in general um I don't know you know because it, it's 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 hard like I don't in terms of the inclusion and things like that it, it's kind of like I can't tell if it's if it's done in the right way or the wrong way. And that's where I think I struggle. But like Bumble did a really good campaign about Black Club and included some queer people. Um, oh, I mean, me and my girlfriend are in it. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. So I'm gonna have to go back yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Um, but I really liked that campaign. I don't know, obviously you'll have more foresight on how inclusive the process was, but that felt like quite a good campaign to me. Um, and you know, cause it just felt like a natural expression of who everybody was um, mm-hmm. rather than being so much like on an advocate. It's more like joy. And those are the campaigns that I tend to like. Yeah. Um, but given like Black Lives Matter and everything, it's like more so than ever, it's kind of like, yeah, let's talk about being marginalized. Let's talk about trauma. Let's talk about all of yeah. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I feel like Black queer people are coming more to the forefront because it's relevant. Mm. Oh, I, I think at the moment, the commit cash out of the black queer experience like Listen, i definitely think... if you're black and queer charge double like that's, oh, 100%. that's where i'm at do you know what i mean if, if, if this is the situation mm-hmm. we might as well mm-hmm. you should earn more like if you're gonna if you're gonna use us to you know be yeah. more inclusive or look a certain way pay double 100 yeah. like... because it's more performative in it so it's just <sighs> like if you're gonna use us you know I mean, yeah we're gonna use you back do you yeah know? We, we might as well <laughs> A hundred, a hundred. Bumble campaign was cool though. I did think they were very genuine and um, 
they, I guess, I don't know if it's because of the amount of queer people that were in it. Because there were quite a lot of queer, I was surprised because we didn't know who else was on it until, unless you showed up on day and you saw others all until we actually came out. We didn't know. So, but like, it was, it was good. I do think that they um, had queer people on the, on the actual production team as well. So that helped. Mm. And even the questions they asked us on the day, I don't remember them asking anything about being in a same-sex relationship. I don't remember. It was just asked about relationships. So mm. that was nice. And, um... But the only thing is, it's just like accommodating queer people on set. Like that could have been really bad. I don't wear women's clothes, for example, and you know, they, they have women's clothes for me, like kind of things. So there's stuff like that. Mm. But again, I wouldn't even put that against them. I just think, I think that they just, they just, it just never came to their minds, but it should have. But yeah. now they've learned from it, and I believe that in the future they wouldn't make that mistake. Like I wholeheartedly believe that. So, mm. so that's cool. But I do, like, I agree. Like you know, right now, black and gay, black and queer, child. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's hard. Like I'm not, I'm not greatly informed um, when it comes to kind of like black and queer projects because they just don't, they just don't make as much noise. If mm. I'm honest, mm. they, mm-hmm. I feel like they don't get as much funding. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's hard to sometimes notice when these things happen. But in yeah, I don't really know what to say other than that. Mm. This it's been a subject for us that we've been like kind of trying to like talk and amplify for the past couple months and i don't know there's always like it was it was it was a wall there's always a wall when we have this discussion it's like no one really knows what to do no one really knows anybody in industry to try and make a change yeah. and it's just like we just don't know what to do we don't know where the conversation is meant to be going but we're going to keep having it because we do feel like there should be more and you know there needs to be more funding behind these projects as well yeah. in order for them to be as big as like the period campaign and stuff like that yeah. so We'll see though, we'll see. We're gonna see. But I think in terms of what we can do to kind of ensure that that's happening, like people like myself who consult brands, you know, Mm. my first kind of tip box is like, you know, you need to be more diverse. Like that's the first thing I'm saying to companies, like hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, automatically my network is black and queer people. So I'm like sharing a love, like you should use all of these wonderful people. Um, So yeah, I think if you have close connections to brands, it's suggesting, you know, black and queer people um to be used for the campaigns um and yeah if you're in a position where you work for those companies actually like saying you know is is this diverse as it could be Mm -hmm. Um, but it you know it all starts in those kind of management levels really because you know otherwise they learn when they've done a campaign and it's not diverse and everyone's like well where is your diversity so that's you that's the two bridges that you come Mm -hmm. 100% 100% um, I think it's good that you do share like your network and stuff like that because that's these are the first this is what's going to help do you know what I mean so like we have to help each other man <laughs> we have to help each other yeah we definitely need a variety boy because I feel like just across the board and we've said this so many times just across the board there just isn't much but I do feel like it's because there is a lack as you said a lack of like projects you know and that's that's what it is I feel like there's such a small space but we just need to open that space up and broaden yeah. that space so that more people can, you know, take up the space. So yeah, that's really important to us. We've been talking about this representation for a long time. Some, a couple, 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 couple months now. Yeah, <laughs> and even like with the trans community, like I feel like there's so many different trans experiences that we have just, me and Rosie have just started learning, I would say, maybe from a few months ago do you know from doing the podcast and like speaking yeah, to different from, people yeah so speaking to different people and we don't see enough we just don't see enough anywhere do you know what i'm saying yeah. so that's what we need to start seeing as well no, mm. I, hope we do. I think i think hopefully like you know the more more people that become advocates is like will we'll leave more strength for others to do the same mm. um 
that's all I can hope because at some point, you know, I may not feel like this is what I want to do anymore. Mm, um, yeah. And I hope that somebody else feels strong enough to kind of not, not necessarily take my place, but lead lead us through. Yeah, so. it would be nice to have like, if you don't want to do it anymore, it'd be nice to have someone like representing and just, mm-hmm. because I don't know, I can't think of anyone at the moment. That was, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's bad, but I can't think of anyone. There's not a lot. Even even when I kind of like look in my network of trans people and you know, which I can suggest to, to jobs and things like that, it's still it's still a very small pool of people. Um, mm-hmm. and that's me being trans, trying to find trans people. So yeah, I, wow. I, I do know that it's hard for companies to find trans people, but it's not an excuse, you know, mm. not an excuse because there are people out there that will do it. It's just that they might not tick the box on what they want. Mm-hmm. Like they may not have a big mm-hmm. platform, which they probably won't because they're marginalized. Because their voices are not mm-hmm. meant to be heard, supposedly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. the thing is, brands want like to work with the cis white version of what what their what their social capital should look like, but from a marginalized perspective, and it doesn't work like that. Like mm. marginalized people are not going to have the same following. They're probably not going to have the same educational level. Yes. You know what I mean? So you can't demand the same things. But I don't think mm. that brands look at it from that perspective because they're mm. looking at how many followers have they got. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it, 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 I think it's that that needs to change. Um, yeah. Mostly, like they need to be working, willing to work with more like micro influencers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think that's what it is, but with higher budgets. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to um, anyone who is wanting to like live the influencer life and try to get onto campaigns? You know, everyone wants to do hashtag ads. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> that ad money yeah it was that ad money you know gifted like what um what what advice would you give to someone who's up and coming to to, to actually be successful in that realm it, it's lots of things like you've got to be a jack of all trades when it comes to being an influencer because you've got to be you know the talent you've got to be the editor um you've got to be the the planner you've got to know kind of like how to be you know finance because you need to invoice these companies you know how you need to understand how to charge them so there's lots of things to know. So those are the kind of things that you should look into. But in terms of you were to, you know, you're like, I want to be an influencer tomorrow. What can I start doing now? Um, planning your content. What does that look like? Where, where is your knowledge or your skill set at? If you're somebody who is more better um, at writing or speaking, then you might want to do more written pieces. If you're someone who's better at presenting, you might want to host shows with other people that have the same identity as you to kind of like, you know, get a conversation going. Yeah. Um, so those are the main things that you could be doing, but also just like believing in yourself and your content and the fact that your voice deserves to be heard, mm-hmm. I think is a big thing. Because even when I started, I was like feeling small, like, oh, is anybody going to listen to me? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it takes a lot of belief. Um, and then you're just generally like, you, once you start making content and you kind of get a feel for what, you know, your audience likes, so you can start to create different content and kind of like, yeah, just build your platform. That's basically what I've done for the last three years, just... Mm-hmm. testing and tasting like does this do well no okay let's try this does this do well yeah that's how I fell into writing I wasn't a writer before this I have no GCSEs mm-hmm. I barely used to read books like <laughs> and then all of a sudden like I got asked to do a written piece one day around periods and I was yeah. like okay I'll try this like I, I never say never I think you should try everything once um yeah. and I was like I hate writing but I actually love the um the accomplishment at the end the the, the mm. finished product I like what I've done so I was like oh this is a bit of a struggle for me but actually I love this and now I classify myself as a writer and you know mm. many things to come from that so it's like yeah don't be afraid to try anything neither just like give it a go like 
you know, yeah. just be mindful of your community. Don't, you know, don't try to hurt anybody. Do your research. Like, don't, if you don't understand something, if you're not informed, don't act like you are. Yes. Yeah. That. <laughs> that is that a... Real quick, but... That is um, a... <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that I can give around being an influencer. There's one, there's one, this is one question about being an influencer. Do we have to post it every single day? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I don't. So <laughs> I um, do not. First of all, I'm not. I'm not an influencer. So. Yeah, I, you know, what I mean, we, we ain't there at this point right now. <laughs> First of all, but I've been, I've, I've been telling Nana yeah, she oh. needs to upload more pictures, and she's just like, I don't want to upload no pictures. I'm like, look yeah if you want the podcast to bang in it, now we need to upload no pictures. Well, all right, well here's 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 some advice. You don't necessarily have to upload pictures. If your thing is podcast content, you could screenshot these videos post that mm-hmm. on social media that's content like don't force yourself to go out of your way to make content like make content on things that you naturally do mm-hmm. that's where the barrier comes like when yeah. you're trying to go against like your life and literally like make content mm-hmm. every day it becomes harder whereas if yeah. it like filters in the things that you naturally you can't do, force like, it you can't force it exactly. do you know what i'm saying like your struggle mm-hmm. but in terms of like how often you'd have to post i would say to like maintain an audience Mm-hmm. I would say like twice to three times a week. If you want to build it, you're looking Jesus. at like five days a week. Wow. Mm. So I do see some, yeah. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like I feel like Nana will be happy now that it does have to be pictures. Yeah, so there you go, Nana. I mean, I, pictures. I hate social media. I mean, like <laughs> I hate Instagram. I actually hate Instagram. <laughs> I'm gonna lie to you, but I have to be there. Do you know what I'm saying? forced because of this podcast you know <laughs> but i love the podcast that's the sacrifices that you make in life you know <laughs> chow, chow. okay i think the time is running out so we need to ask more questions okay. okay what advice would you give to a young trans man who is figuring himself out and is looking for some confidence and just doesn't know where to turn and doesn't really have a community around around them well big question big question um I would say like the one piece of advice that I wish I could basically go back and give myself is stop living my life based on a cis gendered standard. Mm. Like I, you know, when I was going through early days of my transition pre-T before the beard, before the deeper voice, before the masculine body, I was like, I want all of these things. I want to look the most masculine man. Um, which A, isn't down to me. That's just genetic. So I don't know why mm. you know, I'm <laughs> linking my happiness to something that I don't even have control of. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, w- I was living my life in that expectation of like, yeah, I'm, you know, aligning myself with someone who is cisgender and my experience is going to be different. My manhood is going to look different. Um, my navigation of life is going to look different. And so I think, yeah, just kind of like unlearn that, like follow trans people, um, understand the journey of being trans rather than using a cis perspective because it's not the same. Um, mm-hmm. And just believe that one day will honestly work out. Like it will. If you just keep directing yourself in a direction that makes you happy, um like you will get to a point where you get there you figure it out that's what that's literally what my life has been just go in does this make me feel happy yes or no yes keep going if it doesn't stop right that is that is really good advice like especially like yeah. if that's what makes you happy just, just do it yeah what makes you happy doing it man um that's so important it's so important to give yourself time as well mm. um and do you know what it's important to see people like ourselves out here 
being visible because I feel like for me, I don't know about you, Kenny, but for me, when I was growing up, I didn't see black lesbians, like especially yeah. like mask presenting just all over the place in the media. All that. I didn't see that. Like I was so when I was feeling all these things, I was like, raw, like how am I actually going to be able to live in like in my truth? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, I found a way, but I just think it's easier <laughs> when you have, you know, when you have that representation, when you can see yourself. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Hundred percent. You know, it's funny because, like, like you saying that, um, where Rose was saying earlier that she looks at you looked up to trans men. Mm-hmm. I looked up to lesbians mm. because I didn't see any trans people, and you know, not stereotyping, but a lot of the lesbians I knew back then were very masculine, mm-hmm. um, and so I associated strongly with them. And so I was like, not that I was ever confused that I was a lesbian because it, it, it clearly was something different, but I couldn't put. I couldn't attach, I didn't have the language. Yes. To explain right. it, but I was like, this is as close as I get to feeling like home, but it's not it, but it feels more comfortable. And mm-hmm. so like, I never I never had said like, and growing up that I was a lesbian. I always knew that I was trans, but I, I just used to say, I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand what trans was, but I was like, I'm a boy. Like that was it for me. Like yeah. my name Kenny actually came from the fact, so I attended an all girls school mm-hmm. and uh, one of the girls, bless her, turned around was like, you're so like a boy. I'm just going to give you a boy's name. And so she mm-hmm. called me Kenny. I'm wow <laughs> i love it i like it i like it <laughs> <laughs> being called kenny because it just stuck like one of the girls from school just called me kenny i was like i actually really like this so that's so cute that like, they just they kind of recognize but but without having any of the language as well yes. like, yeah i don't remember in school like, yeah we definitely didn't have the language in school yeah yeah no i was i was very fortunate like i had not all the girls in the school was accepting everything but like the small group that i had maybe five or six girls were they just knew that I wasn't like them. Um, yeah. and they accepted me for that. Um, and I was just Kenny to them. Although we, none of us kind of knew what was going on. You know, we're talking about 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was Kenny and, and that was it. So it didn't necessarily matter of all of that. And then they just grew with me as I became Kenny um, mm-hmm. and just like adapted to the language as, as I did. So it was a learning journey for my friends, my family, because I was still learning a lot like I'm on the road to transition, but I'm still learning. And then I'm teaching family and friends mm. alongside this journey. So yeah, it's it's quite, you know, feel like it's an effect. Like you, everybody's learning at the same time. Um, 100%. Yeah. Quite- Did you have like a black lgbt scene experience or even just like lgbt scene in general like did you have like an experience like what was that like Listen, <laughs> i was raised in voxel you know yes wow. <laughs> anybody who doesn't know about voxel let me just <laughs> break it down so voxel back in the day was like i'm gonna say full of black queers like that was yeah just, yeah yeah it was a was hub <laughs> Do you know what i mean so you know what was it work wednesdays yeah we doing so that, yeah, so I was raised there. And so again, that's why like, I've seen a lot of black lesbians um, mm. and, and I identified closely with them. Um, and so that was my community because I didn't have trans people. I didn't, I don't think I actually came across a trans person until I was like 16, oh no, sorry, 17 in my adult clinic for transitioning. So that was oh, the point when I actually met wow. a trans person in, okay. in life. So everything else was just like different versions of queer. Um, mm. And yeah, Voxel was like a staple of you know my upbringing of just like going there and being able to be myself because all of my other friends were basically cis and straight yeah um, and so that was my first community and although it was obviously surrounded by like alcohol and nightclubs and whatever mm-hmm. it still felt the closest thing to home aside mm-hmm. from my support system that I actually had at home oh such good times isn't it yeah. the <laughs> it's such a shame we don't have it anymore we don't yeah, have it like, yeah. like 
we don't have that space anymore. It's all gone. It's all yeah, gone. It was incredible. Like anybody who was a part of that era, like mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. loves it. Like everybody literally. Did you go? Was that what yes? Yeah, we yeah. were there, boy. I yeah. was there every day. I've seen you in the clubs. Yeah, yeah. probably, probably. But everyone's too a bit, you know, have food drinks with the room of things. <laughs> Well, I looked forward to that. I looked forward because it was just a chance to get to see the people that were like you or the people that accepted you for you. Like it was just an, a great time because I yeah. feel like we were all kind of going through our own things. But when we got together, it was like all of that stuff was kind of out the window. There was joy. Do you know what I'm saying? So good times. Good old boxer days. versus divas. Um, oh my god, I HBD. HBD. Yeah. HBD. I was. You know what? Yeah, I did. I actually found the person who made who started HBD. Yeah. I was like, come on, well, you need to another one. Like, what's happening? Like, I went out of my way to find him to ask. Like last year. So what's happening? He's like, I just got a restaurant now. Like, because <laughs> it's sustainable. Restaurants. Yeah. Are sustainable. yeah. Like. It's just not got the same market as it did back then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the closest thing that we have now is is Soho. Um, yeah, is more white if you ask me, which is, yeah. So it's not the same, but it, at least it's something. Um, you know, I wish I wish there was a mini Vauxhall that came to light. Yeah, um, no. maybe one day. Maybe I think the only thing that's in Vauxhall now is uh, Bootylicious. Still yeah, runs. Happens like once yeah. a month. Well, was happening once a month. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got Scala though. I don't know if you know about Scala King. Oh yeah, Scala. Yeah, I mean, I've been there time, but yeah, Scala. I don't. Do you know what I feel like? They're great. I mean, yeah, I haven't been for a long time, but they're great, yeah. But I just think that um, everyone feels like with the new generation coming in, mm. people that were around before are kind of being pushed out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah. it would be nice to have a space where everyone can just coexist together. Like, I just feel like some people feel like, oh, everyone's too young. And there is, there are some 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 places people are a bit too young as well. You, know, you don't yeah. want to be around like, babies. Yeah, you don't want to be around <laughs> the baby games all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like it's still nice that there's social media at the very least to like try and connect with people. And even like now, like so would the trans men find each other through mainly through social media? Because I don't know if there's like a platform to find each other or anything like that. Um well I'm there's this there's this WhatsApp group that I've been a part of for maybe like two years or so. Um and it's called Trans Brothers. And so it's just oh. like a group of like I think there's maybe like 200 people in there, 200 trans. Oh brothers. wow. Um, and so they like, you know, share their content, say this event's going on or, you know, share like stories of top surgery and everyone says congrats and all that. Like, so it's mm-hmm. very sweet. It's a nice, it's a nice thing. Um, but other than that, it's kind of like, I go to general queer spaces and meet other trans people, but <clears throat> not many trans men, more non-binary people, um, and yeah. more, more trans women. Um, but I think that's partly because as well, like within activism, women are just more marginalized and so trans women are more marginalized so they're more likely to be advocates um whereas trans men can kind of spend their life being stealth um so not being visible um and just exist and sometimes trans men tend to to choose that because of the kind of social injustice that they will face from being out and proud um and so sometimes it's harder to connect with trans men um and so i know a lot more trans women because of that Mm, is the whatsapp um is that like a global thing or is it just uk um i think there's a few americans but it started off as a as a uk thing to my understanding i'm 100 but um yeah i think it started off as a uk thing and then yeah just like 
people have added people um and mm. yeah no it, it's wonderful it's it's a lot to keep up with because over 200 are participants in the chat like yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that's my worst nightmare that's my worst nightmare you know me and social media child 200 people too much interaction none is like i'm doing this yeah no no yeah it's a scorpio, it's a scorpio energy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what star sign are you i'm a taurus Oh, okay. Hardworking. Okay, makes Hard sense. Stubborn. <laughs> stubborn. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. But loyal. But loyal as well. Mm. You know. Yes. Mm. What, what's the last sign of you? I'm okay. a Libra. I'm a Libra. We meant to get along very well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love the Taurus. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's your characteristics of your star sign? Um. Do you know what? I feel like it's evolved yeah, with time. I used to be so indecisive. I don't really understand the new version. Yeah. Well, well Nana was going to tell you that she's on a cusp. <laughs> I wasn't going to say this. <laughs> but as you said it, I'm on okay. the cusp. I'm on the cusp. Uh, okay. You know, okay. I'm a Sagittarius and a Scorpio. You know? But I'm, I'm reformed. I'm a reformed Scorpio. So I'm not as bad as, you know, the other Scorpios. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Stay, I'm, hun. I'm a good egg. I'm a good egg, man. Mm, sure, hun. I believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. But but yeah, I feel like we're both quite typical to our star signs. Yeah. yeah. And awkward people love talking about star sign. How did we get here? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? I don't even know what my my what time I'm born to. Know my moon. I don't have a clue, but. <laughs> Whatever, whatever. We don't want to keep you here all night. So, like, let us know what you have coming up next, or what people what people can look out for, and what you just hope for the future. You know. Yeah. Um. Lots of things are still very top secret. Um. Mm -hmm. Very much in the works, like mid works. That's why I've been taking quite a social media break. But Mm -hmm. um, lots more writing, probably in a longer form, possibly in a book. A company that will help marginalized people. Mm. Um, that's kind of within my speciality. Um, and just kind of more, more content that's actionable. Um, that's like easy to kind of like scripted kind of content when you're talking around trans people and explaining transness in a correct manner. Um, that's kind of where my focus is at because I found people love actionable content. Um, yeah, just more lovely pictures with me and my girlfriend, hopefully. Beautiful, by the way. Um, beautiful. You guys are yes! so nice. cute. We love it! We love you guys. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that me and her get to do a campaign together. Um, that would be nice. I know, because the be pictures so nice. are fly already, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so more, more Megan content, as I like to call it. Um, and then, yeah, I think we'll just kind of see my, you know, it, it's hard to say what happens because our careers evolve so quickly in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can only kind of, those are the things that I can hold on to that I know will happen, but everything else I'm open to. So who knows? Let's mm-hmm. see. You know, I've always wanted to go into acting, but obviously COVID, it's not happening, but you never know. One day I might be on a big screen. So as of right now, mm-hmm. those are the things in which I know, but I am open to see where the future takes me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Make sure if you're doing campaigns for couples, you know, you need to yeah. hire. You know who's yeah. hire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know who's hire. But thank you so, 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 so much for joining us. Like, we really appreciate it. Like we said earlier, like, we needed you to come here. So, yep. great. We're loving this. Um, thanks for everyone to tune in. And where can they find you on the social media as well? 
Um, so just at Kenny Ethan Jones, um, mostly on Instagram. So that's probably the best place to, to follow me. All right, perfect, perfect. Make sure you follow more hashtag ads, so make sure you follow. Yep. And um <laughs> and yeah, like thanks for listening, guys. Um uh, make sure you use the hashtag tutors podcast in conversation and make sure you subscribe and follow us on the Spotify and Apple Music. Until next week, peace. peace.